Blog Talk Radio. WIJSF.com. Women in Jazz South Florida Inc. is a nonprofit educational organization that promotes women musicians globally through events, concerts, performances, clinics, lectures, workshops, articles, interviews, newsletters, courses, contacts, research, history, archives, websites, film, audio and video recordings, and recognition. Visit us at WIJSF.com. You're listening to blogtalkradio.com slash musicwoman with your host, Diva JC. Johnny could only sing one note, and the note he sang was this.
one of the newest members of Women in Jazz South Florida. And wow, listen to the energy in her voice. This is Dr. Diva JC, and yes, it's been a while since you've heard me. We have had a hurricane that tore up the Bahamas, but we're good right here in South Florida. So let's bring in Mary Zev. Hi, Mary. Hi, Dr. Joan. Thanks for having me. Yes, well, I'm good. That was pretty exciting to hear myself on the radio. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And it's going to get better than that. (laughs) First of all, I need to apologize to you and everyone listening. This show was originally scheduled for 4 o'clock, but I've been so busy with correcting essays for my speech class that I was totally distracted, so I apologize, but we're going to get this done, and it will be archived for eternity. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Okay, so my first question, how did you come to music as a child? Well, there was every kind of music at home and in the car. Uh, my dad was the first in the block to have an eight-track player in the car, and I would sing along to Frank Sinatra and Barbara Streisand, um, and I loved the big bands, you know, Duke Ellington and Benny Goodman, Herb Albert. Um, but then on the console in the house, the vinyl records played show tunes, and then I had little 45s of movie music, and my brother Stephen played clarinet in his high school orchestra, but he also played guitar in a rock and roll band. So I love it all. And then um, uh, when I got, I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay. And did you study music? Uh, Did you study music at all in school? Yes. When I got to middle school, I joined the band. I learned to read music and to play the flute. Um, I continued playing in high school, and I would hang out with the jazz band. Um, And then um, when I attended the St. Louis Cabaret Conference, I took classes with the wonderful Ted Firth on arranging music. And when I was in college, my resident assistant would play guitar, and I taught myself to harmonize in singing. And uh, so I learned some basic music theory in my band years. Now, have you ever written a song? You know, I'm working on it. Um, I've had a couple of songs come to mind. I'm, I'm working on some lyrics. One is for a song that might end up being called Grocery to the Grocery Store, and another one that came to me today I might call Shabby Chic. But In the meantime, while I'm in that process, I do love creating personalized arrangements, and I write, I I love to rewrite lyrics and make parodies. (laughs) Um, That that, uh, medley that you just heard was an arrangement I worked on with Phil Hinton, who was formerly of the BBC Orchestra, and working together in those kinds of things. We have another medley called the Courtship Medley, and it's really fun because I don't want to do karaoke. I want to make the songs my own. So okay. um, Now, you do a lot of um, uh, theater. I do, I do musical theater as well. That is true. Um, I've so done several shows that. at the Lake Worth Playhouse. 
in some very unusual roles that people might not have expected me in, and it's, that was that was one of the places where I got started singing publicly, besides, you know, talent shows in school and such. Right, so you did sing in school. Yes, I did. I, I uh, sang uh, in elementary school. Our music teacher would play the piano, and then in middle school I did talent shows. And it was a funny thing because when I got into high school, I was intimidated to sing in front of my peers, so I would never go to the talent shows. I would make excuses and say, oh, my mom didn't want me out on a school night because I couldn't bear the thought of my my friends hearing me sing. (laughs) And look at me now. (laughs) Yeah, because you have a really powerful voice. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. So where did you learn to belt songs out like that? Oh, I... I've taken some voice lessons. I don't know. It's just, I, I, I guess, just from experimenting with different styles of music. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm just thinking about whatever it is. Uh, I love the communicating through music, the engaging an audience, um, interpreting lyrics. I, I think it all relates back to my 35 years as a speech-language pathologist. Uh, it's all tied into my need to communicate. I see. Well, that's funny because we're both in the same field. I teach speech communication, the theory ah. of communication, and you teach, uh, well, you teach pathology or you are a pathologist? I am a speech-language pathologist, and I work with, I have worked with the whole range. I've worked with families who had babies in the neonatal intensive care unit. I worked at the VA hospital with stroke patients, and I've done everything in between. My most recent job was in the Palm Beach County School District. So I work with people, particularly children, who have communication disorders. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how long have you done that? About 35 years. Wow. Wow. My brother says uh, I, I'm going through a reboot right now because um, my primary career right now is music. <laughs> okay. So you really teach people how to find their voice. I guess you could say that. Um I work I have worked with children who stutter. I have worked with children who tried to speak but no one could understand them. They were unintelligible. Um, when I worked with the families in the NICU neonatal intensive care unit, um, I worked with the families being able to interpret the behaviors of the baby to know if they're getting distressed. We worked with feeding, uh, all kinds of things. Oh, oh, and when I worked at the elementary school, a lot of what we worked on was related to literacy. Okay. Now, you do know that a lot of stutterers can sing. Yes. Yes. There's there's a lot of theories about and, and information about the different causes of stuttering and why that affects them, and that's that would be the subject for a whole nother interview. <laughs> Definitely. But it's amazing how music pulls people out of themselves, you know. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Definitely. So tell us about 
some of the, the stage shows that you've done and the parts that you've played? Oh, that's an interesting question. Well, I guess a, a few of my favorites have been um, not necessarily politically correct, but I played Bloody Mary in South Pacific, and it's kind of a funny story because um, I didn't audition for the show. I didn't think there was a role for me, but one week before the show opened, the artistic director called me, and she was crying, Mary, you need to help me. Our Bloody Mary dropped out of the production. Uh, and I thought, well, okay, you need me? I'm there. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. And um, But I had to create this character. I had to find out why is she called Bloody Mary, and how do I transform myself so I'm believable as this character? And so I did all kinds of things like, uh, I, I researched why her teeth were red. I, I, have you ever heard anything about that? Well, I know South Pacific. I know the music, but no, I didn't know her teeth were red. Yeah, well, that's why they called her Bloody Mary. She would chew on, you know, everybody knows Bloody Mary eats beetle nuts, and they were these nuts wrapped in acacia leaves. And when she would chew them, the sap from the leaves would stain her teeth red. And that's where her nickname came from. So I went out to a costumer and I got makeup for my teeth that looked like blood red on my teeth. And I, I changed my posture and my gait and I lowered my voice and I changed my accent. And um, I got on stage and my family didn't recognize me. So that was a very fulfilling uh, experience at the Lake Worth Playhouse. Okay. And she's the one that sings Bali High, right? Uh, one of my all-time favorite songs to sing. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful song. I have, I have chills and goosebumps because when I was a kid, my father had the record and I would be all of the characters. You know? <gasps> How fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to love, I loved that play and my fair lady, I was Eliza Doolittle at 12 oh. years old. <laughs> That's fabulous. I would have loved to see that. My fair lady. Um, what other shows have you been in? Um, another favorite of mine was Hairspray for so many reasons. Um, but what was interesting is I played Velma Von Tussel and uh she is not a very likable character. Um, she was racist, and that was really hard for me to portray because that goes against everything I believe. So uh, I had to dig down and understand that by doing this, I was sending, I was participating in a more positive message that you know ultimately comes out through the story. So um, that was a very fun fun experience. Okay. So that's two. Give me one more. <laughs> one more. Oh, my goodness. So many, so many. Um, I think maybe Shout the Mod Musical was fun. I was Green Girl. <laughs> and it was all uh, songs from the 60s, England Swings and such. Yeah, so that was fun. Okay. Now, one thing, I'm going to give away our secret that you will be 
one of our new board members for Women in Jazz South Florida, starting January 1st, 2020. I am honored to be a part of this uh, this organization promoting women in jazz. Thank you for inviting me. Okay, now tell us about your new CD and the studio where you recorded it. Okay. Um, right now it's a demo. It's not even a full EP. I recorded three songs at Saturn Sound Studios in West Palm Beach, and it was all engineered by Rob Norris who's wonderful, and uh, my music director, arranger, and pianist was Phil Hinton, and a uh, guitar player who's actually featured on the other s- song I sent you, Besame Mucho, is Tom Lippincott. Um, my percussionist was Frank Derrick, <laughs> who Dick Robinson calls the Baron of the Brushes, and my bass player was Rances Colon. And they were brilliant. It was a joy to work with all of them. So besides the two songs I have, what other song did you do? I recorded Come Rain or Come Shine, and I dedicate that that. to my husband. I love that song. Love it. That song, is it Carmichael? Uh, That song was, uh, he may have sung it, but it was written by Johnny Mercer and Harold Arlen. Johnny Mercer wrote the lyrics, and Harold Arlen uh, wrote the music. And uh, I think the first time I remember hearing it, we were at the Blue Note in New York City, and we had the privilege of hearing Joe Williams with the Count Basie Orchestra. Wow. The Count Basie Orchestra was just there about a month ago with Carmen Bradford, who is one of our members. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, and her mother, mother, Melba Joyce, is one of our members, too. This is a very elite group of women (laughs) that you're my dear, and we're happy to have you, Mary. Thank you. I'm very excited to see how it grows. Now, we have somebody here. Let's see who's here. Just a moment. All right. Hi. Um, 8389, are you there? Hello? 8389. Hi. Hello. Hi, how are you? This is Libra Sene. I know that voice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is another one of our up and coming board members. Wow. Another. (laughs) And Libra, did I do a show with you already? Yes, we did. We did our show about eight months ago. It was a great one. That long time. Yes, been that long. I think it's like eight months by now. Okay. Well, I should tell the audience that both of you participate in Jazz on J Street, which is hosted by. Blanche Williams up in Lake Worth. Yes. And I went to your show and it was great. And after listening to that one note samba, you know, I love medleys, first of all. I'm a medley singer. That's what I used to really drive the musicians crazy. 
Yeah. <laughs> I just take a key. I'd take a key and I would do every song that I knew in that key during the song. <laughs> and I just said, keep playing, keep playing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, ladies, I am so excited about you coming on board with us because I believe our 13th year is going to be magical. Absolutely. It will. And absolutely. Well, I'm really excited about it. That's so good. Well, I'm happy you called in, Libra, and we're going to have to do a show at the end of the year with all the board members, okay? Oh, that sounds, sounds fun. Great. Okay. So I'm going to put you great. on mute, Libra. Now, um, Mary, yes. what advice would you give a young woman coming into the music industry? Okay, I have two things. Uh, the first one comes from Faith Prince who is my performance coach, cabaret director, and my friend. Some, some of you may have recognized the name from Broadway. She is a Tony Award winner and a lovely, creative individual. And she says something that really resonates with me. She, Faith always says, stay in your own lane. It's so easy to compare to others and think we should be in a different place. So just stay in your own lane. And then I saw a meme this week, and it added, stay in your own lane and there won't be any traffic. <laughs> so, uh, so that's the first thing. Um, and related to that, the second thing is that I really believe that each of us is unique, and we all have something special to offer. And so a supportive community in which we can appreciate and support one another makes all the difference in the world. So I, I think that's why I appreciate this organization so much. And people like Libra. <laughs> yes. And, you know, one of the keys for success in our new magazine, Music Woman magazine, is teamwork. Yes. That is so important, and women were not um, raised to be team workers. They were raised to be individualists. You know, they mm -hmm. take care of the house by themselves. They go shopping. You know, they take care of the kids by themselves. So it is a challenge and an opportunity for us to come together and work together to move women away from the margins in the $30 billion music industry. <laughs> that's kind of, that's mind-blowing. Yeah, um, in, in your magazine, Music Woman magazine, uh, the current vice president, Nika Rejo, articulated that, you know, when women assert themselves, they're seen as too aggressive and they're dismissed. And that's pretty typical in this patriarchal society. Um, but I am really hopeful with organizations like yours and people like you that, um, you know, I see a shift from that status quo. I see a shift across creative industries, sports, the sports world, and in politics. And the truth is that in an ideal world, gender would really be a non-issue. However, we're not there yet, so that's why what you're doing is so vital. Yeah, but see, music is so powerful. And as yeah. long 
as men can hold the reins, they control that power. But it is right. up to women to step up to the plate. You understand? So we yes, have to be extremely proactive. Now, I'm going to play Bessame Mucho going out, and I just cannot wait until January. I'm so excited. Uh, I want to give the website, which is wijsf.org, and then there's musicwomanmagazine.com. Do you have a website? I do not have a website yet. It is another thing that is is being built right now, but um, people can go to the Cultural Council of Palm Beach County website and look for me in the artist directory and uh, my background information and my three recordings are there and uh, some photos. And so that's, that's where you can access that in the meantime. Okay. So we're going out with Besame Mucho by Mary Zell. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Dr. Joan. Okay, darling. It won't play. Uh-oh. Oh, here we go. Here we go.
something new My arms enfolding you Never knew this thrill before Who'd ever thought I'd be holding you close to me Whispering, it's you I adore educational organization that promotes women musicians globally. 